there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. So, so while we mull over our tea, that is clearing up nothing except for our tea tunes. Is that a thing? No. Okay. Episode 26. Today... We're talking about all the other kind of fowl that aren't chickens, or ducks, or geese. Game birds! Game birds! Um, this, similarly to last week and also similarly to next week, is not my wheelhouse. I, the only thing that I know about game birds is general care knowledge. Yeah, well, I mean, so they, look, if you can take care of chickens, you can take care of game birds. There's just a few different things that go along about it, but basically, this is like, I feel like an all preparation for what is yet to come for the spring season. Sure. Because yeah. if you walk into any place that has chicks, they're usually bound to have ducks. And if they've got ducks, they definitely have turkeys. Right, yeah. And you'll see places that have, like, guineas, and those are special. So, you know, stuff like that. And then there's a huge, we discovered this earlier, like, quail. Yeah. That you don't necessarily see in hatcheries a lot, I don't think. Sure, yeah. Or you don't see them in... Well, I've never seen them for sale in a store. Yeah, I was going to say, I think quail are more of, like, your backyard breeders. Sure. For them. So, just in general, you have to keep them warm, you have to keep them dry, you have to keep them clean. Yeah. And you have to keep them fed. Basic livestock 101. 101. (laughs) The difference is, uh, the biggest difference, I would say, is you have to stick to a high-protein feed because uh, they mature quicker. Yeah. So you're always sticking to a higher protein feed. Um, but also I think because they're natural foragers too. Sure. So they're yeah. used to that. They need the higher protein. Like yeah. they would eat bugs and they would eat all the things. Berries. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, there's a lot of those uh, properties to them. So, okay, so let's, you know, back in November we talked about turkeys. Yeah. But it was mainly geared towards Thanksgiving turkeys. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't really feel like geared on, like, owning sure. turkeys. Was yeah. it? No, I mean, we talked a little bit. A little bit, bit about it. So, um, just, I guess, as a refresher then, what's the difference between um, a turkey and a heritage breed turkey? So, the size is your biggest difference, and your meat quality is going to be different. A heritage turkey is more of, like, what you would call a, a wild game turkey. Yeah. Does that, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you've got like a Narganzit or a Royal Plum, Royal Palm or a mm-hmm. Blue Slate or a... Bourbon Red. Bourbon Red, yeah. Like the, when you see those, they're going to take longer to mature. Yeah. They're going to um, be smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and your meat to fat ratio is different. So, it, I don't, I would say that the taste is going to be different because the ratio is different. Yeah. But. I learned that heritage have a dark, a higher, darker meat content. 
then send him my way. I know, I love dark meat. Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. Oh, it's, it's so good. Uh, but cost effective, since they do take a little bit longer to finish out and to grow. Yeah. They do, you know, cost more. Like, so I was reading that you could have an average heritage turkey, like meat-wise, is about $8 a pound. Whereas commercial, like your broad-breasted yeah. uh, whites and browns, are about $2 a pound. Wow. That's crazy. But, I mean, it's, again, all different compared to what you want to do as far as flavor profile and yeah. everything else like that. So, specifically, I think today we're just chatting about game bird-wise. But yeah. just note that if you are future shopping for turkeys and you want them as, like, a homestead pet or to have around, I would definitely suggest a heritage breed. Yeah. Unless you are looking for meat production specifically, and then I would go with your regular broad-breasted... White or bronze. White or bronze. Yeah, yeah, because I think you run into those same issues that you do with the meat chickens, that they just gain too much weight, and then their legs break off. You so. gotta... Yeah, if you're going to try to keep one of your larger broad-breasted turkeys around... Watch your protein. But you also have to restrict a diet, too. I see so many people like, oh, no, my turkey is 45 pounds and can't move anymore. It's like sweet beans. You should have, you know, cooked that sucker six months ago. Like, Oh, sure. You know, now you're there and they're like, oh, he's so cute. I can't do it. It's like, okay, well, now is not the choice. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be careful. mm, We're looking up recipes at this point. Like, we are not. You've got to watch their heart and their legs now. Make sure that yeah, from a keel over. But you had mentioned this a long time ago that turkeys are hard to raise from babies. They're just really dumb. <laughs> so it's really, I mean, like dumb is an understatement. <laughs> like you have to, uh, whenever we get turkeys from a hatchery to sell, yeah, they are our biggest issue. Uh, hands down, no question. Seriously, next in line are bantams, but but oh, they play in the water. And then they get cold, and then they die. Uh, and so we actually use quail waterers with our turkeys yeah. because we have such an issue with them. Um, we've, like, nursed tons of them back to health in our sweatshirts. Like, we put them in our sweatshirt uh, pockets while we while we do the rest of the birds just to dry them off and warm them up because they get wet in the water. And the other issue is you can't accidentally forget to water them because then, especially when they're older... They will literally drink themselves to death because they'll be like, oh, well, I don't know when I'll get water next, so I'm just going to drink and drink and drink and drink. Jeez. So they're just really dumb. I've also heard that, like, turkeys are dumb to where if they were standing and it was raining and they looked up and opened their mouth, they would drown. I wouldn't. I No, I, it's and logical. That, but, you know, we raised turkeys with our chickens and we didn't have any problems with them being dumb yes uh we did have an issue with them being uh with the chickens and the and with like a blackhead issue oh okay that is also i mean when you can house them together i guess yeah blackhead is just a thing that can show itself present through turkeys but doesn't affect chickens yeah. And once you have it present in your flock, you're more than likely to lose 75 to 100% of your turkeys. Oh, bummer. Which is super unfortunate because I don't think there's really anything to treat for mm-hmm. uh, or to prevent. So, actually, turkeys 
especially when you're growing them together as chicks do fairly well together because they are followers so they chicks yes they like chick they will learn from chickens on how to do things yeah but um but then you just have to be careful because they they double the size of a chicken over time so but uh yeah and i mean so we want to do turkeys again this year and i think our plan is keep them together as chicks for probably a few weeks because we didn't have any problems with that Mm -hmm. but then maybe separate them between like four weeks to six months sure and it kind of seems like after that period they um are fine together and don't have any issues so now the next one in line i feel like as soon as you have chicks and ducks and turkeys the next one is always guineas yeah and I don't know. I feel like it's a very love-hate relationship. I 100% agree. <laughs> I uh, We had one customer. I don't believe... Oh, we have... Yes, we have one customer that still has guineas, and he has a handful. Um, and this is how I was introduced to guineas uh, back five years ago when we started delivering to him. I had no clue anything about them. And Nathan said um, that they're very loud. They're very predatorial, so, like, they... As in, like, they, they alert when yeah. predators come, which is, like, a big reason why a lot of people get them. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There it is. Yep, and that's Guineas. Um, like I was telling you earlier, <laughs> someone on one of the Facebook groups yeah. says it sounds like an air conditioner motor that needs to be oiled. Yeah. So we had we've had a couple turk or a couple guineas throughout. Uh, not my favorite, but I do find it funny because whenever we would do like homeschooling farm tours, yeah, everybody'd be like, "Oh my gosh, what is that thing?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a guinea." And as soon as I said it, it would start making that noise to alert me that predators were there. Uh, that oh. they like that these predators yeah. were my farm tour guests that had been there for thirty minutes. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Ah, so close. Well, and when Nathan would deliver this feed, the owner would have to go in and, like, be standing in there so that they wouldn't attack Nathan. Jeez. Because there was, like, 50 of them, and so Nathan's like, I ain't doing that. But apparently if if you don't fight back, generally they'll stop messing with you, but you will get attacked. (laughs) Do you ever remember, um, I don't know, maybe... Eight ten years ago, when feathers in your hair used to be like the latest yeah. trend, like yes. you get them like and it was the cutest thing. Guineas have polka dot feathers, uh-huh. and those I feel like every time I see guinea feathers, I'm like, oh, remember when we used to put these in our hair, like <laughs> at a salon, yeah, in real life, like oh. oh. And now I always think, like, maybe I could bring that back, but I would just be viewed as, like, the weird, like, hippie chicken lover now instead of, like, trying to resurrect an old trend. Well, I mean... You know, whatever. I would do it with you if it made you feel better. Thanks. Thanks. You know, pluck a couple rooster ones. We yeah. clean them good first. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, guineas, do you know that are actually native to Africa? I didn't know I don't that. know how they made it over here, probably along with the emus that hitched yeah. a ride. Yep. But, yeah, they, again, are pretty cool. They do have that whole watchdog sense to them. I did hear, too, that they really like ticks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that's one of Jake's favorite thing is that he says is that they will eat their body weight in ticks a day. Yes. So if you have a tick problem, that's a super huge benefit. The only thing that makes us super hesitant about guineas, and I'm still not very trusting, is that some people have told us that guineas are dumb in aspects but smart in other ways. Like, they'll sit outside your beehives and pick <gasps> your bees off one oh. by one because, like, hi, if they can eat that many ticks, then just go for the free meal that's coming and going. Oh, wow. So we haven't ever had an issue with that, but if you have bees and guineas, that might be something just to that's watch crazy. for. I know that's <laughs> I guess, oh. I mean, that means they're good foragers, right? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. So, okay, turkeys, guineas, I think another game bird thing when people think of it is pheasants. Okay, yeah. And I don't know a lot about pheasants. We didn't grow up like a hunting family or anything else like that. Um, I will say it's really cool that we do have a couple of those ringneck pheasants Mm -hmm. around in this area locally, so that's really cool. Um, but a lot of people raise them on their homesteads either for a meat production, uh, sometimes they even use them for eggs. They don't lay as many eggs yeah. as chickens do, mm-hmm. um, but more than, I mean, enough to be, I would say, dual purpose, I guess, just from the research that I was looking at. But a lot of people, I think, use pheasants as like a hunting dog training yes. thing. Mm-hmm. So we have one customer here that raises pheasants for hunting clubs, mm. mainly in southern United States, like southeast United States. She sends a lot to Georgia. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, she is a local lady. She raises them. Uh, her, If you go and see her set up, it's crazy. It's like a whole lot of five foot tall deer net yeah over a lot of area and she just raises like thousands of them at a time um do you know i was looking this up because again i'm not super familiar i don't have pheasants again i don't think it's one of those things that you'll naturally see Mm -hmm. in like a feed store it's one of those things that you will see and like you really have to look for them yeah like i guess you could get them from commercial hatcheries but they usually sell them in like pairs and stuff yeah and they're not going to be sexed or anything they're going to be yeah uh, a big old batch of them. Yeah, I think you can either get a pair or you get a random assorted yeah. mix. The the thing with, especially, and we're going to talk about quail here in a little mm-hmm. bit too, but with, with pheasants and with, well, with all of this stuff really, your main uh, purpose for most of these is a protein, is your meat. Like, yeah, it's just and, another chicken alternative and at this point. And because of that, it's it's okay to look at your parents' stock. Like, it's okay if you're going to go purchase yeah. these to, to see what the mom and dad look like. You want healthy, good-looking birds. You know, not overweight ones, like ones that have a good meat-to-bone ratio. Not illness, because yeah, illness absolutely. is torture for any kind of bird. That's, like, the well, number one issue. Well, also, if you're issue. ingesting it, too, yeah. you definitely want to be consuming a good product, for sure. So, just remember, I mean, yes, it's always important to, like, like, I I have the underdog mentality all the time, but, like, then you have to think, no, no, you're literally either raising pheasants to repopulate or to hunt, and yeah. they need to be good, healthy, big, chubby birds that are good. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I guess going in to that, we can go with quail. Now there's a few different types of quail that you can raise and they're all a little different. So the ones that are common around here are like the bob white quail. Yeah. And I think a lot of the common ones that people think of are pharaoh quails, the ones with like the fancy little head toppers to them. Like Doug Funny. Yeah. Quail boy, quail man, quail man. Mm, oh, no, where he wore his belt on his head and his underwear no, over his pants. No, didn't. Oh, okay. okay. Good. Good talk. All right. Keep All going. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then there's a lot of hype lately on the Caternix. I wish I knew how to say that. Caternix. Caternix. Anyways, um, and that's what I have. We okay. got these. These are fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, what's special about those specific ones is that they are fully mature by eight weeks. Wow. So they can start laying eggs at eight weeks old mm -hmm. and they can lay around 300 eggs a year. Just wow. one. Wow. That's crazy. So it's a huge, fast egg production. They are used for meat as well, but they are very tiny. They're actually like about the size of your hand. Okay. So I've heard people like when they go to eat them, they just kind of like gnaw on the whole body, almost like one yeah. leg. You know what I mean? Like one chicken leg. I know that to uh, clean them, it's just one fell swoop. Yeah, I don't think there's much to it. And like I said, it's only eight weeks. Sure. So the turnaround time is so fast. Sure, yeah. So that makes a super high market for you know, either a protein source of eggs, if you have a chicken sensitivity to, if you have a chicken sensitivity to eggs, or, you know, if you just, again, want to do a different meat source. Um, I know guineas have the, uh, we were given a batch of guinea eggs. Yeah. Once, and they are, they're great. I mean, you would use like two eggs to a chicken egg. Sure. But they're right. super rich. And they're actually incredibly hard to break. I was just gonna say, did you notice how much harder the we had to use a are? butter knife to like That's crack nuts. it? We hatched a couple of them, and they reminded me like the thick sh shells from the emus almost, just oh, because yeah. it was just intense of how thick they are. Yeah, exactly. So if you do hatch out guineas yourself, they do sometimes need a little bit more assistance hatching out of yep. those. Um, but quails. Quails have cute little quail scissors. Have you seen those? No. Oh my gosh, they're adorable. So the quail eggs that I would say they're probably about the size of like your thumbprint almost. I mean, they're okay. like bitty baby ones. And they have really thin shells. So when you go to like put your thumbs through this, yeah. it kind of just like crumbles. Oh wow. Uh, so you put this round part of the scissors and it just kind of like cuts it. And, like, takes the top of it off of it, and then you can just kind of pour it in there. Huh. I saw somebody, I don't know, forever ago when I just, like, got on a couple of Facebook chicken pages, is they took those beautiful eggs, and they filled them with wax to make tiny little mini candles. Oh, my word. Those would be tiny. They are so tiny. Wow. So that's kind of a fun part. Um, yeah, so... Fun fact about quail is you were saying this about pheasants is people release these into the wild. Mm -hmm. Since could could turn that hmm. one breed. Yeah. 
Since they are not a native breed to the area, it's actually not legal to oh. release them. Wow. I mean, I don't think anybody's really going to, like... Check. Yeah. Sure. But that's my legal disclaimer. Yeah. Is check your laws if you're going to release them. But their only defense is to jump straight up. So they're dumb as a box of rocks. Hmm. There they go. Yep. Cool. So my cats love them because they just jump straight up and so do the cats. Hey. Yeah. Down goes the bird. Yeah. And they're, you know, flighty because yeah. just like wild birds. Hmm. Yeah. So if you do house quail, I think they need to be in taller structures so they don't fly straight up and like break their little necks. The, uh, the big thing for, I was doing, like this is a, a Purina thing because that's where I get all of my knowledge is like when you're working on housing for some of these birds, um, the difference but like you want it's like the that that tug between creating a natural habitat but also creating a safe and clean environment yeah so it's you want them to have some kind of an outdoor area but just understand that whenever you have any kind of wild enclosure like to the elements it's harder to control and when you're dealing with such small birds that require heat and particular you know things um the elements make a massive change so it's like know your environment know your seasons know what you're capable of doing with your enclosures um yeah absolutely it, the easiest way to keep something clean too is to have it in an easy contained area but and with illness being basically a bird's number one like threat yeah outside of predators absolutely I mean, cleanliness is next to godliness for a chicken or a, any kind of bird so that's all my knowledge of birds <laughs> uh do you want to hear something terrifying yes do you know that guineas and turkeys can not always but can reproduce with your chickens. <laughs> what? Um, I want you guys to like take a second and like pause this and just Google chicken turkey hybrid. Oy. Chicken guinea hybrid. And the offspring are sterile, so they're not gonna like reproduce and you're not gonna get this epic Franken chick, but it's still Do they taste good? That's what I, I don't know, know, but they are weird looking. Oh wow. Have you seen those bare neck chickens? The turkins, right? I think that's what they're called. Ugh. I know. Those are weird, too. Oof. I don't know. One of these days, I'm going to have the best, most epic Franken-chick that as soon as you see, you're like, what in the... <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal, is for people to be like, what is that? Holy moly. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's just about the time that we have all for today in our small chat of talking about game birds. Mm check in next week we got the last round of birds for the month it's exciting too yeah they're the pretty ones they are called drag queen chickens <laughs> <laughs> we're ending it there so that you totally come back have a good night everybody bye If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. 
and want to visit the Weiniger Farms, you can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms or jump over to our website at winegerfarms.com. See you later.